Welcome to another episode of the Granite List Live, where we discuss all things related to employee benefits and human capital. I'm Lee Dill. And I'm Sally Pace. And we are joined today by John Quinn, the founder and CEO of Wellnessity. John, I love your description of, of the name Wellnessity, that it is a mashup of wellness and necessity. So why does Wellnessity even exist? You know, like a lot of young companies, we have a kind of checkered beginning. Wellness was our first mission, hence the name Wellnessity. And the Wellnessity that we talk about today is really a version 2.0. 1.0 was focused very directly on wellness for owners of small businesses. And we had a situation where all the initial prospects were nodding their head yes, but I couldn't get them to actually start the program. So I knew I had a business model issue. We made a decision to really abandon the small business market, which is employers with 50 employee lives or less. And we went up market. And as we started talking to leaders of companies, they told us to forget about wellness. They weren't sure if it really paid. And they told us to stay focused on healthcare because it was, quote unquote, eating their budget alive. And they said, worse than eating our budget alive, it's just a black hole of surprises at all the wrong moments. Late in your year, as you're trying to deliver numbers, all of a sudden a million dollar claim hits the books and your CFO throws up their arms and says, I'm stuck. So anyway, that was enough for me to say as an entrepreneur, I've got a big burning problem. Now, how do I solve it? The solution really started with information. And as we talked with leaders, I said, how do you make decisions? And they replied, truth be told, we don't really make our own decisions. The HR teams may believe that they're in full control of the decision-making process, but the facts are they don't have enough information. They don't have enough expertise. So we rely on our advisors and we rely on brand. So a lot of times we buy brand because we don't actually understand what's inside the car. The problem with that is we recognize that everybody's playing against us and we're writing some pretty big checks. So we agreed that If corporate America was going to fix the healthcare problem with regard to what was paying, being paid, that they needed to own the problem. And if they were going to own the problem, they needed their own information to support their decisions. And that was literally Wellnessity's jumping off point for version 2.0 is better information in the hands of employers working out towards the health system to, as we like to say, help them become better buyers of healthcare. But John, I love your mission. And I know that we've gotten to know a lot of your employees that you have brought on board and they're all aligned really in, in trying to quote unquote, fix healthcare in America. You know, they're all passionate about what they do. They're all passionate about the people that they serve and what their roles are to do that. Being the CEO of the company, how do you bring that overarching principle to your employees to then promote that to the clients that they serve? Yeah, so we did a couple things really because of the environment that we thought we were walking into. 
the characteristics of the environment was that the problem was ambiguous and the solutions were unclear. There was lots of options. There was lots of variety, but I couldn't find anybody to tell me really what was working and what wasn't with a value statement attached. So we hired a team and we talk about this with our employees that is very high on the intellectual scale. And we borrowed the lesson from management consulting. And that is, if you're going to walk into an unstructured arena, you're going to have to figure it out on the fly. And we couldn't afford to train people. So we needed to buy intellect or gray matter. So we have a very high intensity team that's academically accomplished, who is in love with our mission. And we talk about, it's all about you. You are going to have to help us figure it out. So you're going to have to be confident that it's unstructured. You're going to be confident that the answers aren't immediately apparent. And that was kind of the first ingredient. And then what we talk about a lot is we didn't want to become a consulting firm. So we said, once we start to understand the answers to these problems, we're going to take the extra time to define it to a machine. Why a machine? Cold, impersonal, doesn't feel like healthcare, doesn't feel like our mission. But what we were pretty certain of was that part of the problem was that it was so wide, right? And there was lots of actors that kind of each had their silo and that what was really going on is we couldn't repeat what we already knew in a systematic way. So our machine acts like a thousand sentinels that are constantly watching new data coming in and saying, I know this pattern. I know this situation. I'm going to throw an alert to inform a person to come look at that alert to see if there's something that can be done. So that's really our core mission is problem solvers who then are building a machine that can handle the breadth of the problem. And then, as you know, we love working with the unbundled vendor world because they hold the actual solutions, right? They're operators, they're point excellence. So we try to connect the insights and alerts coming out of our machine with the capabilities of all of the other vendors serving a health plan, which we refer to as healthcare for the people that we're involved with. So you just brought up two points that I think normally go hand in hand with wellnessity. And when people in the general public are talking about who you are, what you do, when you approach the broker consultant community, data and vendor optimization. For those that are listening, that are in the the benefits leadership space, can you paint a picture for what people often do with the data that is brought to their attention, hand in hand with the vendors that are part of their plan design? Yeah. So there's a problem, a fundamental problem that we're trying to solve. I won't say that we've actually cracked the code or conquered the mountain. On one side, data is easy to produce. Alerts or insights are relatively easy to produce, but they overwhelm the reader with kind of thoughts or options. So we have to 
create a filtering mechanism to boil that down to two or three things that a business team can take action on. And we appreciate that those business teams, whether it's an HR leader or finance person or a benefits person, only has so much bandwidth. Um, They can only absorb so much change at a time. And their situation is unique enough that we need to let them set the priorities. So what we pride ourselves is I can give you 10 options backed up with data And I can help you decide what two or three options you may want to move forward with. And you can trust that those two or three options are valid because of the information that we've brought, the facts that we've brought, and that I'm objective because I'm not being compensated by any one vendor. That was really important to us that we had high objectivity and that the options being presented were done for the sake of the client and based on the facts, not based on how much commission I was going to get or whether this was an internal panel that I needed to promote. So that's how we think about data and information combined with decisions, combined with vendor options to pursue. And your ultimate goal and really why you're doing this is because you feel that healthcare in America is broken and you want to fix it. I love that that's your goal. It's not just building a great company. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're doing that? I kind of think of us as an orchestrator. So by ourselves, we can't play anything, right? We can't play any music because we don't have the individual actors. So we think about all the vendors, all these solutions that are in the market as really the answer to better healthcare. The problem is there's so many options, you know, given a client situation, how do they fit together? It's a bit of like a Tetris puzzle. So we think about what are the options? How do they fit together? How do we orchestrate an answer that delivers better healthcare for members? And that's our frame. We would love to reach across to the provider world. We're working hard on doing that. We're not there yet. So if I said my original vision or mission is how do I bring patients and provider closer together, the sad reality or the you know frustrating reality is all I'm really doing is helping the patient right now, and I have a really hard time connecting to the provider, truly building that link. So unsolved territory. Stay tuned for more to come. We'll be back in a couple in a couple of years and see how you've solved that puzzle. Well, I appreciate the time. <laughs> I know that often you are introduced to a group through a consultant that already has a set of solutions. So I I appreciate the picture of what could be, but what happens when you are handed what is? I'm a broker, consultant. I've got my plan together. I want to use you as the data partner. Can you spell that out for our audience? Yeah. So I would say a couple things. So... A, who do we appeal to? Well, we've learned it's not about the right process or channel, the right kind of partner, but it's really more about the right personality or mindset. And if you go there in both the advisor world and the client world, there are subgroups that are extremely frustrated with the status quo, and they're not willing to leave it the same. 
So we really appeal to people that are early adopters, fast followers, people that are not in that from a personality trait, we're really not a good fit for. And that's one of the lessons that we've had to kind of learn and, and stay true to. Second, as we approach a situation, whether a broker brings it to us or a client kind of opens the kimono and shows what's going on with their health plan, we kind of assume that a lot of the vendors in place are capable. So we're not a believer in just rotate the merry-go-round and do the next medical contract and the next PBM change for the sake of change. We actually like to work with, let's understand how the current stack is performing. Let's understand your population and what they need. Let's understand what your priorities are and where you're willing to change next. And with those constraints, we start putting value numbers on things. So this diabetes management program would work, but you only have four people engaged. This center of excellence would work, but you're missing 85% of the cases that they could help on. So we start to display like what is really missing. Is there success and what's the value of the success? And if there is room to do more, we like to do more before we start changing things. So that's how we approach it. And then we play forward most of our clients our oldest client's five years old, and we're still changing. So they're still maturing. They have multi-network with a Blue Cross Blue Shield at the core. They have Optum as a PBM, and yet we are able to carve out specialty and other specialized programs. We're really thinking about how do we solve primary care? That's where that client is at. I can have other clients that are fully bundled And my first step is, can we unbundle the PBM? So different plans for different people, Mm -hmm. all driven by them with the only ingredient, you have to want to change. You have to be willing to change. Data is certainly a big topic of conversation across the industry. Access to data, outputs of data, proactive versus reactive data. There are groups out there that are simply just data warehouses that provide backward-looking reporting to brokers, and they've built really big businesses around that. So talk through some of the key differentiators at Wellnessity. Yeah, when we think about data, I brought a lesson over from financial services. About 20 years ago, we learned that data warehouses were too big and expensive and brittle. They were really hard to change to support operational groups. So they could do deep data science, but they couldn't support operational decisions. So we abandoned the idea of building a data warehouse. And what we have done is we have transactional stores, claims, biometrics, health condition observations, whether it's lab data or images, et cetera. And we keep all of those in discrete silos and we connect them when needed. That dramatically improves the speed at which we can ingest data from various sources. And for us, it takes two minutes to take a brand new medical claim and actually run it through all the way to a standardized fire store. That took us four months the first time we did it. 
And we were pretty happy when we got down to two weeks and then we got down to two days and then we got down to two hours and we're now down to two minutes. So we want to make it very easy for people to give us data so that we can act as a hub for the employer. Okay, so I've ingested that, that claim. What's next? So having that as a standard actually allows us to share it. So instead of moving copies of everything around, we're asking people to actually share that information off that common store. The next thing that we have done is that's just data, mm-hmm. right? So we have taken an open architecture with regard to models or algorithms. We have a point of view that analytics are everywhere in the world. Those models, those algorithms are being invented every day in people's minds. And if you create a closed system, you're going to fall behind the market over and over and over again. And basically, the market has shown IBM that lesson over and over that you literally cannot out-innovate the market. So we said open architecture, we're actually going to embrace models. So we would take other people's models and actually share the data, expose our data to those models, which dramatically improves the number of members that I can create insights on. And it also allows me to start to define care plans, care pathways that fit those situations. So there's pattern recognition, which is an open market of ideas. And then there are the plans. How do you react when you see a pattern? And we want that to be an open market of ideas standardizing where there's an accepted best practice and allowing innovation where there's still room to learn. And we're trying to automate that life cycle so that it doesn't have to be human led. It's actually machine led. And, you know, we're guiding the machine, not passing the paperwork. I'm so glad there's people like you that do that because I don't think that's part of something that we could ever do, Sally. (laughs) No, no, that's that's all we need partners like Well Nessity. As we're wrapping up today's session, John, just thinking about all that you've already accomplished as you've grown and what you've done for your clients in the broker consultant community to date, if you were able to bend the ear of every benefits leader, whether it's a broker or a HR leader, CFO in the country, and talk about the void that you're filling, what would you want them to know? I would want them to have more confidence. What I would want them to know is it's working. So I feel like I'm a little bit in the lab and I'm staring at it going, it's alive. (laughs) It works. And we can't get enough people to believe that it's working. These best of breed solutions, these vendors out there, they're eminently capable What's missing is the connectivity, the connective tissue to kind of make it all happen in a transparent way so that we can have confidence that it's working. Today, there's too many broken promises. You know, there's too many things that operate like a black box. And I want it to be like Starbucks. 
You know, you go there because you want a cup of coffee. It's going to cost you this much. It's going to be hot. It's going to be in a cup that doesn't work yet, but they're working on that. And I walk out reliably with what I want every time. We want healthcare to work that way. And I believe it's possible. I've actually, you know, been part of the journey in, in retail banking or consumer banking. And you think about the experience today, anywhere on the planet, you can pull cash, you can pull out your credit card, you can check on a mortgage loan that you're applying for, you can trade a stock. That wasn't possible 25 years ago, mm-hmm. 30 years ago. I think healthcare can operate with similar reliability or consistency. And I think we need people to have confidence that change is working. Great answer. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you all for listening. And we know certainly Wellnessity is a verified vendor proudly featured on the Granite List. You also have your own independent website. So if folks want to learn more, where should they go? You can see us at wellnessity.com, and that's spelled W-E-L-L-N-E-C-I-T-Y. We learned through pain that there's another misspelling out there that, that looks like us. The site's going under renewal, thanks to some marketing genius that's at our side. And uh, you can also see us on LinkedIn. So we're getting better and better at expressing ourselves and sharing our voice. And we look forward to that process. And you can call me. 704-898-3191. I'm a founder and I respond to opportunity and interesting people. <laughs> I can vouch for that. I mean, not that I'm, I'm not calling myself interesting, but yes, you are very responsive. And thank you for letting us be part of your megaphone as you're sharing the word. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Granite List Live. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Granite List Live. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live. Thank you.